Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. And uh, I'm glad God is endless, right? So anyway. Uh, there's no mistake. God, God doesn't make mistakes. And, and, you know, Todd's had to shift schedules around and do this and do that. But to me, is there's no mistake that this Sunday would be a prophetic Sunday, and this Sunday would also be a launch for some messages on signs, wonders, and miracles. I, there's no mistake in that, that they would fall on the same Sunday. You, all the shifting, moving, changing, not planned by man, but ordained by God himself. Are you ready to receive? Yeah, we're receivers. And, and God, God wants to communicate with us and speak to us, doesn't he? And, and, and there's amazing things that come out of Scripture that maybe we can pass by and maybe we'll see some of that this morning. Is that okay? Okay, so Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And the truth sets us free. The truth enters us into a whole brand new realm of life. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that you confirm this message to me. That, that this is what's to be heard on our first Sunday of launching God's working and moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen? Are you ready to hear? Amen. The story comes out of 2 Kings chapter 4. And let's begin by verse 8. One day, Elijah was in Shechem. And a well-to-do woman was there she, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof. And put in it a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. You know what? We, we may look at that verse and say, Wow, the woman got her husband to make a place for the man of God. But, but probably didn't need to be said, but it was said for all of our benefits thousands of years down the road. It said that she made a room, and in that room, a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. You can go right by that. I remember last Sunday we talked about the rhema of the word. It comes throwing out at us. And it has everything to do with her, her husband, and, her, and their interaction that go on in the next few verses. I want to tell you the bed meant rest. Are we resting? 
You know, that's a way of the life for the believer to enter into his rest. So the first thing in the room was a bed. Do we as believers know how to enter into his rest? It's a beautiful place. That's, that's a place where the peace of pastor understanding really becomes a reality. A table. A bed. A table. A table was initially I thought of work, my, my workbench, my office and my table there. But really, as I thought through it, it says a place to study his word and eat spiritual food. So enter his rest, a bed, a table. Taking in and eating of what he says so we can prepare to reject what the world says. A chair. A chair. A bed, a table, a chair. And I, and I thought about a chair, it's, and, and the word says, we sit, are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Is a chair is a place to learn our identity. Rest, eat from his truth, and learn of our identity. Are we seated with Christ in heavenly places? And then a lamp. A lamp. So we can see How's our spiritual vision? Are we seeing correctly? Are we seeing into the kingdom? Are we seeing what God's up to? A little, that's a little, but then we get into the story of this. And like all of us, uh, sometimes we don't rest. Sometimes, uh, we forget what he says. Sometimes we forget who we are. And sometimes darkness clouds our vision. We're going to see this all played out in this little few chapters in Kings. Verse 11. One day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and laid down there. You know what? There's a part of Scripture that talks about dreams and visions. That comes in our resting time. All right? So he said, uh, kind of a, a funny thing. I, I just thought of it. it when, I, when I was dating Nancy, uh, she was in the, in the choir there at church, and, and, um, and, and I, I would sometimes wonder what her parents thought because you know, I'd be all done after first service and, and teaching in a class, and and sometimes I'd run over to their house, or even before Nancy comes home, maybe, maybe her dad was there, and I said, "You got a little room, so I just lay down, take a nap." So, so it's but you know, don't worry about taking naps. That's that's a lot of times when it's a time to for a Holy Spirit to communicate to us. That's what Elijah did. So he said to his servant Hazai. Call the Shunammite. So he called her, 
And she stood before him, and Elisha said to him, Tell her you have gone to a lot of trouble for us. Now, what can I, what can be done for you? Can you speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander or to the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. And and this, uh, this is where we're moving into intercession. Uh, Elijah, the prophet, was, was opening himself to hear from this Shunammite woman and intercede in her behalf. So what can be done for her, Elijah asked. She couldn't speak at this time. She had nothing to say, but Gehazi said, she has no son, and her husband is old. And I think ringing through the prophet's heart, and Gehazi, and all that would be what we talked about one Sunday. Is there anything too difficult for God? Is there anything too difficult for God? You know, Nancy, I spent a little time with somebody from the church, and, and, and I said... At, when we get to the end of our rope, who's there? Jesus. And I was talking to somebody from our church that says, you know, everything was a mess, and I needed something right now. And God moved in 24 hours to provide everything needed. That's our God. That's our God working in signs, wonders, and miracles. And then Jesus and, and uh, Elijah said, call her. So she, he called her, and she stood in the doorway, about this time, about this time next year, Elijah said, "You will hold a son in your arms." What do we do with words? What do we do with uh, promises that God gives us? You know what? Uh, this woman was a lot like all of us in seasons of our life. No, my Lord. She objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But you know, when God has a plan, even our negatives can't get in the way. See, God knows all of our weaknesses. God knows our frustrations. God knows when, when a promise comes to us and we say, you know, no way. No way. No. You know, and, and, and that this particular no was I'm trying to protect my heart. You ever been there? Try protect your heart. So here's something really good news coming. But, you know, I don't want to, I, 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 I don't want to be hurt again. You ever been there? So she objected. Please, man of God. Don't mislead your servant. But the but, that's not the buts in scripture. And this moves along, this whole story moves along really quick over a bunch of years. But the woman became pregnant the next year, about the, about the same time she gave birth to a son, just as the prophet had said. See, it's, uh, she didn't disconnect 
what God was doing. God understands you and me. He understands our sometimes our to be cautious. He understands sometimes that that we're protecting our our own heart. But we need to know that God knows your heart. And when the prophet proclaimed that she'd have a son, God knowing her heart and 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 the sensitivity of trying to protect her heart, that that would not negate the promise. Good to know. Good to know. Years passed and the child grew. One day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head, my head, my head. After the servant had left and he, uh, then his father told the servant, carry him to his mother. And the boy sat in her lap until noon. Then the unthinkable happened. And he died in her lap. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. That little preparation that she made to rest, to know his promises, to find out her identity and see light in the darkness of the death of her son. And she shut the door and went out. You know, it reminded me, reminded me, my head, my head. It sounds like a brain aneurysm. And I, it reminded me that twice God called me to the hop, hospital of a bedside of two women that had a brain, brain aneurysm. The, the first one was in a coma so long, and the doctor said, there's no hope for her. Disconnect her and let the woman die. But God had other plans because God called me at that time. I'm so grateful that he could call me because I could learn some things to come to her side and pray a prayer of faith. And I've said this story so many times I won't go into all the details, but after praying for her, death was not her destiny, but she woke up. She woke up and even went home the next morning. And the second lady, the second lady was similar. Now, in the, in, in, uh, hey guys, don't put God in a box, please. You know, have ears, listen to what he's saying and do what he says. And there's not a formula, guys. There's not a formula. Because the next lady, uh, I had to drive all the way down to Indianapolis because the Holy Spirit said, go to her, go to her bedside. And I went in there, and, and here's, here's her condition. 
the nurses and, and our husband were saying, she had a brain aneurysm, in a coma, pneumonia, has a terrible infection, and she's got everything counting against her. And I, and I was kind of remembering in my mind, I was remembering, I was saying, wow, you know, just a few years earlier, this other woman prayed in, 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 in the, to the place where the doctor said, disconnect her, and she walked out of there totally healed. Now, this one, wait, wait maybe I'm supposed to do this. No, 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 no. God does not have formulas. He wants to speak to you and me and the expectation should be we will obey. You know, sometimes, sometimes we, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And, and sometimes we'll kind of throw that all in the area of, of living a righteous life when a lot of it has to do, if I tell you to do something, all I want you to do is do it. So, this is very different. She had a lot of counts against her. Brain aneurysm, coma, pneumonia, and I forgot the name of the infection you get sometimes in a hospital. In the MRSA. So th this time, so I, we had to put all this protection gear on, mask and cowns and gloves and everything else. And this time, it was instruction from our Father in Heaven saying, Byron, when you walk in there, just get really close to her. Look her in the eye and just say good morning. Oh, come on. You know what? Lay hands, throw oil around, do stuff. Come on. There's got to be a formula to this. You know, j just simply go and say good morning, Grace. That's, that's all. You know what? I've learned to be obedient. We all need to learn to be obedient and not try to add or subtract what he's talking to us and what to do. So I, 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 I did it. I did it. So I walked in there. Her husband was on one side of the bed. I was on the other side of the bed. And I, and I even got close. You know, Nancy says, you sometimes crowd people's space. And I, <laughs> I said, you know, well, this one, I had authority to do it. So, so. So I got really closer, and you know what? And some in some charismatic circles, you think uh, God hears because you yell louder. You ever been to those places? Woo! You know, you ever been to those places? Oh man, like God's God can't hear. You know, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, the louder I mean the louder you get, the more the Holy Spirit's moving. I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't think so. So I walked in there. And quietly, I obeyed what the Holy Spirit was saying. Quietly, I went close to her face. And I said, good morning, Grace. About that loud. Good morning, Grace. Instantly, her eyes popped open. She woke up from her coma. No pneumonia. No nothing. They had to disconnect her and let her go home the next morning. We have an amazing God, and, but we have a very specific God. He wants to speak to us, and he wants to give us instructions on what to do. 
Don't add to it. Don't subtract to it. Just plainly do what he says. And we're going to move into amazing things in this church. So she went up, laid him on the bed of the Son of Man, shut the door, and went out. That's not all she did. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. You know, it, you know, hey guys, we need to understand the moment. A right word spoken at a right time. And if you're like me, I missed it sometimes. I knew what I was supposed to say, and I, and I missed it. But God has grace for that. God has grace for that. But it's a learning thing. It's a learning. Learn to speak at the right time. When he's speaking to you, to speak, speak it out. Speak it forward. So uh, his, his, uh, her husband didn't see no urgency in this. You know, after all, the, the child's dead. You know, nothing's going to change. He's dead. You know, so why the big rush? Why, why the big rush? That's all right, she said. It's okay. Saddle up the donkey and said to her, her servant, lead, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Amazing place of miracles, by the way. When he saw her in a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's a Shunammite woman. Run and meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? She makes a statement that all of us need to ring into our hearts. Everything's all right. When the issues of life come on you and me, are we ready to speak it out? It looks bad. Everything's all right. Every, what faith-filled words. Everything is all right. All right. When she meet, uh, reached the man of God at the mountain, she she took hold of her, his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. But she identified something. You know what? Guys, 
we have to uh, stay away from any form of bitterness. When things are not working out the way you think they should work out, when you think God's not doing something when he actually is always doing something, we can't allow a root of bitterness. Because it's going to be kind of displayed. He didn't really know what was happening at this time. He didn't know what was going on. He was concerned. But all he knew is the, the Shunammite woman said, everything's all right. Everything's all right. And, and, and I love this passion, passion uh, portion of scripture because it, it's for real. It's where we are in our daily life. And he goes on to say, did I ask, did I ask you for a... Here, here's the root of bitterness coming out. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said... Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? See, that, 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 remember the heart she was protecting? And now when her son had died, she's saying, you know, when I told you, don't, don't, don't mislead me. And now her worst nightmare was upon her because it came to pass. And, and you can almost experience the joy of this mother's life. Wow, the son came. And then evidently he was a toddler because he was walking out and working with his father. So some years have passed. And you know, as men and women and fathers and mothers, how that connection grows with your son, Roman, right? He's a toddler. He's, you know, this, this, this love bond with your with your the little children is, is peeking out and then he dies. And she goes back to her old statement of don't build up my hope. And he says to the prophet, I told you so. I told, why did you build up my hope? This is all a word of bitterness. And, and, and I, didn't I tell you? And now my worst nightmare has taken place. My toddler's dead. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt, take my staff, in your hand and get running. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Here's a really important thing. A really important thing, what's going on. He told us, she, he, he went along with the Shunammite woman, but he sent Gehazi ahead of time. And when you're, when you're moving in God and moving in the Spirit, you can't afford to have delay or people to get in the way of what God is doing in your life. 
You, you can't afford it. And he, and he was saying, hey, Gehazi, you get to that son's bedside. You get there now. You get there as fast as you can. And you don't have any time to allow people or circumstances delay you getting there. Very important, very important that for all of us to not get sidetracked, not get off focus. When, when God has assignment for you to do, follow through. Follow through with the assignment and don't let anything get in the way. Don't let anything get in the way. Because the prophet knew things could get in the way. But the child's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. You know what? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And in her in her in her struggle and all hey guy, we go through it, all this stuff going on in her heart. You know, her son's back at the house lying in the bed dead and and full of disappointment, a root of bitterness springing up within her. And she said, I know one thing. I know one thing. One thing I know, one thing I know, you're the man of God and I am not going to leave your side. You know, it's a picture a picture of you and I with our beautiful Jesus. Our beautiful Jesus. One day we realized we were sinners and we were short and fall short. And there was just a hole in our life that we tried to fill with other things but was unable to fill fill. The world, I mean, I went that way. I, I tried to fill out all kinds of stuff and always came out empty. And then one day we came to realize we invited Jesus into our life. And the amazing thing, he came in. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the whole thing is uh, having that heart of that initial relationship and say, I'll never let go of you. No matter what I see, no matter whatever is going on, whatever the challenge, I will not leave you. Because the fact of the matter is, he won't leave you. He never leaves us. Sometimes in life we can leave him, but he doesn't leave us. And we've got to come back to that reconnection. He's there. He's there for you and me. So, Surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elijah and told him, the boy's has not awakened. Key here. Gehazi was obedient to do what he was told. Observed the circumstances, 
and reported what was going on. It's, uh, you know what, there's nothing wrong with uh, sharing with our prayer partners or whatever a negative report. Not happening yet. Not happening yet. There's nothing intrinsically bad about that when we go to our prayer partners and people that are connected with us because that doesn't mean it's the end of the story. You know, so, sometimes we can get over, over reactive about speaking with our mouth what's not happening. You know, I, I, I just say, I, I've been in ministries, and you know what? God wants to set all of us free from, from uh, like something terrible is going to happen if we have a negative confession. I've been in those ministries where they, oh, you got to always say positive, always get, but you know what? God knows your heart. And he wants all of us to walk into freedom and not be so bound up that, oh, if I said something negative, that's I'm my ruin. No, that's not your ruin because God's not finished with you yet. And God's not finished with me yet. And God understands. God understands our heart. God understood. In this story, we're hearing God understood the Shunammite woman and all her ups and downs in her, in her thinking and everything else that was going on. And, and so Gehazi goes back and says, you know, I did what you said. He could have said, wow, I, man, Elijah said that. I'm going to put that thing in there. That kid's going to wake up and breathing. No, there was a negative report in that, you know what, nothing's happened yet, prophet. When Elijah reached the house, there was the boy laying dead on his couch. Elijah's couch. Remember that place? Switch the word to couch. To me, it probably could have been the bed. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Sometimes, guys, in life, we have to shut the door. You follow me? You hearing this? Shut the door to things that might interfere with what God is doing. It's okay to shut the door. He got on the bed and laid on the boy, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hands to hands, and he stretched himself out on him, and the boy's body grew warm. warm. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room. Can you imagine him? Oh, man, I know I'm here. God, what are you up to, man? What are you up to? I felt his body get warm. 
I told him he said to put the staff on his head. Yeah, yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord. What's going on? What's going on? You know, sometimes, sometimes you and I got to take Jesus' walks. I love taking Jesus' walks. You take a walk, and you take a walk with Jesus. You pace back and forth, back and forth. What's going on? I remember a Jesus' walk I took on our farm one time. And it was such an intimate place. Back to the chair, a place of intimacy and identity. And I was just having a wonderful conversation. It was the year I stayed on the farm to read the whole Bible. It took, over, took three weeks to do it. And I, was, I felt so much his presence. As we went over the hill, my four horses could see us, and they started getting very restless. And talk about the God, presence of God. I, I said, Lord, you're scaring my horses. And it was like instantly that kind of identifying presence left. The horses calmed down. I, I love, you ever did it? Paint, Petting horses' noses is the most amazing thing anyone could do. Find a horse and pet their nose. It's the most velvety, soft, wonderful thing to just pet their... But anyhow, it's, uh, it's walk, walking. He paced back and forth. He paced back and forth. Lord, I, I know what you're up to. I know there's nothing too hard for you. I know there's nothing impossible for you to do. And you know, sometimes it takes that walking back and forth and walking back and forth and walking back and forth and, and getting a stronger connection with who he is and what he is and what he's about and, and learning that it's not about you. And I, sometimes I think in this story why he kind of disconnected with, with the woman and sent Gehazi to kind of be that communicator because I think Elijah was, in, was cautious about people worshiping him rather than the one true God. I, th I think, he, I think he, he wanted that little disconnect and have Gehazi talk. Because so often we go, to, we, we find these men of God that we're really impressed with and we're really encouraged by. And, and we can creep into thinking that they're God rather than the God. We don't worship men. We don't worship women. We worship him. Pace back and forth. Turn away. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room. And then he got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened up his eyes. Amazing seven times because that's a whole number of the realm of who God is and opened up his eyes. Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. 
And he did. And she came. He said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground, and she took her son and went on her way. Key. She fell on her feet and bowed to the ground, an act of being thankful. He received her son. And in closing, and in closing, we're going to go back to the image of the room that was for the prophet and saw this great miracle of the impossible becoming possible. I want to encourage and challenge all of us in this room. Are you resting? Be honest with yourself. Are you resting? He says, enter my rest. It's, it's an act. It's an action. It's a place. It's a place that we need to go with this crazy world we live in. Are we resting? Am I resting? Are you resting? The table. Are we feeding on what he says? So we can come, come against the challenges of what the world says. Because the world is going to be contrary to what he says. Are you nourishing your spirit? You know, very rarely will we miss a meal. Very rarely. I, you know, unless I'm intentionally fasting or something, you know, I get up in the morning, I'm hungry. I eat. When the afternoon comes, I start feeling hungry, I eat again. Dinner comes, I'm hungry again. You know, it's, it's a, a, a physical, natural thing. The supernatural thing is stay hungry for his word. Because it, because that is what, what brings into our lives his working of signs, wonders, and miracles. Can we know what he says, not what the world says? You know, maybe you'll be brought into impossible situations where a woman was supposed to have been disconnected and die. Another woman you just quietly say uh, good morning to. And, and it's a whole thing of having his word uh, alive and well in your life, in my life. What he says is extremely important. And do we know, do we know we're seated with Christ in heavenly places? You know, do you know that intimate connection? Is your identity all wrapped up in who Jesus is in your life? Do you see yourself? It, 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 the imagery of we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That, that's great imagery of the, our identity all wrapped up in being next to him. Being 
close to him, being seated with him. Maybe as a 78-year-old, I got to see myself sitting on Jesus' lap and his putting his arm around me. Never too old for that identity and intimacy to be just flowing in our lives. And do we have the lamp on? Are we seeing correctly? He says, I'm a lamp to your feet. You know what? It's, it's having our eyes open to what he's doing and actually knowing I'm walking with him and he has my next step all planned out. And then the next step. And it's, it's a seeing and seeing in this kingdom is actually learning and for our own selves what it means to take one day at a time. Blessed are the pure heart, that intimate connection for you'll actually see him working in your life. Perfect timing. I was wondering how that was going to go, but it's 11.30, and I want to invite two of our members that are operating in the gift of prophecy to come up here, and, and, and as they're hearing from God, come on up, and Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're an amazing God you love us in a, so deeply. It's not a matter how much we love you. It's important, but it's much more that he loved us before we ever loved him. Amen? God bless you. And I hope uh, you'll write that in your Bibles about the bed, the table, the chair, and the lamp. It's I want to let you know it's important. And it's something the Holy Spirit showed me, and it's there but it's, it's that revealed truth that sometimes uh, is rhema, right? God bless you. Father, bless our people with the gift of prophecy that we might be blessed in Jesus' name. Let's pray real fast. <clears throat> this is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.